There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Quite late starting tonight because when you arrived, I had the TV on. Mm. The Brit Awards were just coming on the TV, and then we've been sat watching it. Fascinating! I watched it for years, and I very much enjoyed it. I'd say we recognised the names of about five percent of the artists at this point. There was someone called Ronnie Wood. We knew him. <laughs> Quite proud to know him. That was about it. I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but. It always makes me smile so much. There was this year we were at some radio awards and Ronnie Wood did did a show on the station. He hosted a show on the station we were working for for a while. He was nominated. So he was at our table at the awards. And one of the people presenting in one of the categories was the opera singer from the Go Compare adverts. Now, Ronnie Wood seems like a very nice man, but I think it's fair to say that he was quite disengaged from the group for much of the evening yeah, and was slumped in his chair. I think sober. I don't think he was even drinking, but I think he was just... He's a rolling stone. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't need to be interacting with a bunch of idiots like us. He's passive, not active. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And yet, when this novelty opera singer from a TV advert came on... He just, his face lit up, he was on his feet, he was cheering. It was like the light came on in him, didn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah. In a way that, <laughs> I mean, I've seen the Stones on stage and they, they have a great energy and there's great chemistry between him and the other members of that band, but I felt that I saw him come alive. Mm. So it was almost like a corpse being reanimated. <laughs> It was. It was a wonderful thing to witness. Beautiful, childlike wonder. Yes, that was what it was. What was uh, what came across his face oh. uh, when he saw the go compare, ma'am. Um, but I, I quite enjoyed it. And then I, I this is the Brits now. Mm. Um, I kept saying, "Oh, should we just stay a bit longer?" Oh, no. And you had a bag of opal fruit. So mm. I said, "We'll have one more opal fruit." And here we are. It's nearly half past nine no. already, which I think is about the time you usually go to bed. It, isn't is, it? it is actually, so, yeah. Uh, it's, it's rare for you not to be in pyjamas at this time of an evening. Well, I've had six opal fruits, so I'm quite jacked up, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there are, occasionally, there are things I miss about being on the radio every day. And, and, and I would say the main two are having a routine in place, which means I don't 
mentally spiral. Mm-hmm. And then the other one I would say is is uh, the money. <laughs> yes, yes. And and then I'll watch something like the Brits, and I think. I know this sounds incredibly privileged, but I do not miss having to go things like that at all. I never did. I you never, never went I to never the made it. No. Oh, it was. Uh, I went so many times. I wish I had stories to tell. I just can't remember it all blurred into one. But I just, unsurprisingly, to drifters, all I really remember is wanting to leave. Is it that bad? Is it that boring? I think anything. I think being out of the house is like that for me generally. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've just got to say too many it. people that you've got to say hello to. I imagine music industry people. I remember it was because, as with any function or party, I um, I'm always calculating what is the minimum amount of time I can spend acceptably spend somewhere. Mm. And I don't know if it is still the case, but it used to start. The event used to start and it was shown on TV the same night, but it was in a bit of delay. So there was maybe one or two hours lag. And I remember going to the event and being home as it was starting on TV. And that oh. was really satisfying. Wow. Okay. That's impressive. But um, yeah, I, I, it all sort of blurs into one a little bit. The, the, the only thing I was trying to think, what's my Brit, Brit's memory? And I think I was there the year Tom Jones got his Lifetime Achievement Award and did a medley of his songs. And I, I like Tom Jones. I, I think he's a national treasure for a reason and great voice, great performer and all that. But I remember watching him and thinking, what's interesting to me is the, the noises he makes that aren't singing, the kind of grunting and the vocal ad libs, mm. they, they simultaneously sound like a man who's very constipated and a man who's having very loose bowel movements. Oh, both of those. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And I thought that's, that's you know, that's really something. There's a reason he's lasted in the music industry as long as he has. It's not often you'd hear those two sounds no, together. Very no, rare. No, yeah, but next yeah. time you see him perform where he's giving it a bit of, you know, all this stuff, just, mm. just, <laughs> just to have that in mind. Okay. Anyway, so, um, so here we are. Mm-hmm. At half past nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll start this week with an apology that we weren't here last week. I was not very well. In fact, I was Calamity Jeff last week. I had a disastrous 24 hours. So I contracted a kidney infection, mm-hmm. which I get from time to time. And sometimes they're nastier than others. And it was quite nasty, this one. Mm. So I became feverish. Ooh. And in my um, feverishness, I fell asleep with my glasses on. Okay. I then rolled over onto my glasses and broke them. Oh, no, that's a nightmare, yeah. And then I don't have spares with the right prescription, so I had to get replacement glasses ordered as as quickly as possible. But because I was ill Mm. and my opticians is over the other side of London, I I didn't really want to be taking tubes and buses, so I took a taxi. Oh, right. And I managed to leave my phone in the taxi. Oh, dear. So kidney infection, broke glasses, lost phone, all in the space of 24 hours. That's so bad. It was some bad luck, that. It really was. Um, And I really enjoyed then going on my wife's phone, which has the app on it where you can track all your devices. Mm -hmm. And just seeing my phone going off on a little journey on its own. At one point, um, it got to Heathrow Airport, and I thought, "Oh." oh, no, somebody's found it. And... 
They want to get away with it. Yeah. So they're, they're going to leave the country with it. Your Kodak's going to go abroad. That's what I thought. That's exciting. And then I thought I'd have to get Interpol involved. <laughs> I'm sure they'd be very interested to take that call. In actual fact, it was the uh, the taxi driver had it and was just going to bring it back to my house later. Oh, so you did get it back. I did. Good, good. I did. Um, I once had something, I don't know if it was a phone or a computer stolen, and... It went offline, but every now and again it comes back online and it's in Bulgaria. Oh, wow. And I just love seeing it every now and again. <laughs> Popping up to yeah. say hello, keeping in touch, yeah. Yeah, like in a soap opera when they um, mention somebody's gone off to live in another city or something. Yes, yeah. Um, they just give a little mention of them. You think, oh, yeah, remember them. Oh. That's how I feel when it when it comes up on the Find My iPhone app. <laughs> um, I was going to mention uh, the opticians. I'd booked in for an eye test to make sure I get the right prescription. And my appointment ran a bit late. So I'm sitting there outside waiting. And I hear coming out of the, I don't even know what you call it, the the, the room they do the eye tests in. The eye test room? The little clinic? Test room. Test room, yeah. yeah. Um, I hear coming out of that room, the sound of uproarious laughter Ooh. between the optician and her, her patient, her client. Ooh. I think, oh, I'm in, even though I don't feel very well, this might lift my spirits. Laughter's the best medicine because I, th- I think we're going to have a riot here. <laughs> Let me say something. Yeah. Couldn't even get a smile out of her. Oh, no, that's heartbreaking. And I was really trying. Oh, no. Because I became paranoid thinking, what is it that's so great about that previous client that I lack? Yeah, yeah. So I was trying to be charming and charismatic when she put those weird opticians, Frank, you know, the ones that they, yes. the metal ones with the dials and things on. Yeah. I said, oh, I like these. Do you sell these? How much are they? Oh, God. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I think I made a should have gone to Specsavers joke at some point. Uh... When she said, can you read the top line of letters? I said, D-I-S-C-O. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Up until that point, I was thinking, yeah, I think she's heard all those before, but I think we can guarantee she hadn't heard anyone say <laughs> D-I-S-C-O before. Yeah. And so I now have my new glasses. Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah. I thought there was something different about you. Well, there you go. Yeah. That, that, that's what oh, it is. Very nice. Um, and I tried them on in the opticians and they said, how are they? I said, great. And then as soon as I got out, I noticed they're a bit blurry in one eye. <laughs> but because I... I, I um. I used to go out with the girl who worked in a TGI Friday's restaurant mm. and she said they'll always come over within a minute or 90 seconds of you food being put down in front of you and ask you how the food is. Yeah. And you'll go, oh, it's great, thanks. Yeah. And then that way, if it isn't and you complain at the end of the meal, you've got no yeah. leg to stand on. Mm-mm. And I feel a bit like that about these glasses now. Yeah, no, you can't go back if you, once you said they're fine. Yeah, it's your fault. So what I don't know is whether she deliberately gave me a bad lens out of spite. Because of, of the jokes. Yes. Yeah. Or if I tried so hard to impress her in the eye test, I was guessing, doing my best guess at what the blurry letters were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm I'm stuck with them now. How many fingers am I holding up? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Annabelle, let's hear from the drifters. Tim first. We used to have at work a coffee machine that made really good coffee. Beans in the top, water in the side. It grinds the beans up, then makes you a drink. I am a solid drifter, so I often just walk about, not really paying too much attention to anything. I don't really talk to anyone and no one really talks to me. 
At this time, we were having refurbishments done, so we were having to use the break room for meetings. So sometimes I walk into other people's meetings. Sorry, sometimes I walk into other people's space without noticing. I've sat at a table where people were having a meeting just to eat my lunch, and they're like, what are you doing? We're having a meeting? This time, I just went up to the coffee machine, pressed the button for a double espresso. Then I heard the manager say, wait, Tim, we're in the middle of... And then I couldn't hear him after that because I'd already pressed the button and it was grinding the coffee. Oh. It looked like some kind of written exam <laughs> as they're all just sat there holding pens and staring at me while the coffee grinder just screeched on and on for around 32 hours. I then had only one place to sit and it was where everyone could see me. So I had to sit there with my coffee and eat my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the sound of Tim. I do too. I like anything where you, uh, any stories and if you've thought, oh, I want to write in, but I don't quite know what to write in with. Anything where uh, uh, you can feel people's eyes burning into you, yes. like hatred emanating yeah. from them. <laughs> yes, I love those yeah. stories. Yeah. Yeah. And this is from Louise. A while ago, Annabelle shared a story about how she inadvertently interrupted someone scattering a loved one ashes. I had a somewhat related thing happen to me. It was around a year ago during the early 2021 lockdown. Virus numbers were high and people were generally taking social distancing quite seriously. I'd taken my dog out for a walk in a beautiful nature reserve near my house. One of my favourite paths is extremely narrow in the valley between two steep hills. Although it would be possible to scramble up the sides of the hills, they're covered in gorse. And anyway, you're not supposed to leave the paths for conservation reasons. I've been walking for maybe five minutes when I spotted a couple of head of me on the path, probably in their 70s. They were walking away from me, but I soon realised they were moving a lot slower than me and I was gaining on them. Because of social distancing, I knew it would be tricky to pass them, especially with my large, hyperactive dog. I slowed down to match their pace, which was almost comical compared to my normal speed. They hadn't looked back, so I'd planned to just shuffle along some distance behind them until they reached the end of this particular path, and then whichever route they chose, I would head a different way. About two-thirds of the way along, there is a tree which the path curves around. To my horror, they stopped at the tree. I stopped too, probably 14 metres or so behind them. Holding hands, they stood there for a moment looking up at the tree and then both threw their arms around it. I immediately understood what was going on. The tree was either planted in memory of a loved one or was where they had scattered someone's ashes and I was now witnessing a very private emotional moment. I tried to work out what to do. Just stand there and watch them? Weird. Continue walking towards them and pass their private ceremony? Impossible. I had to turn around and go back the way i come. After a bit of dithering, I decided to go back, but at the same moment, they stopped hugging the tree and kept walking. Excellent. I re recommenced my slow shuffle behind them. Unfortunately, after a moment, they both looked back lovingly, sorry, longingly at the tree and straight at me and my dog creeping up behind them. We'd been busted. They made a big deal of attempting to scramble up the edge of the hill to give me a safe passing distance. As I passed them, for some reason, I felt I had to acknowledge what they must now know I'd witnessed, oh, yeah. especially as the woman was still blotting her eyes with a hanky. Who were you, who were you remembering? I asked with what I hoped was a kind, concerned look on my face. I'm sorry? The man replied. Oh, uh, um, the tree. I was wondering who you were remembering. Remembering, he said with a look of complete confusion. My brain screamed, port protocol, leave, just walk away. Then recognition seemed to dawn on his face. Oh, you saw us hugging the tree. No, we just really like that tree. We hug it every time we pass. <laughs> 
was gobsmacked. But you were crying, I protested to the woman. She laughed. Oh, no, dear, the sun is low. It always makes my eyes water. (laughs) What the hell? Having absolutely no idea what to say next, I glanced back down the path and blurted out, well, it is a really nice tree. I've thought about that strange encounter every time I walk past that tree, at least three times a week for the last year. I still cringe. Then recently I read a headline about a woman who had married a bridge. It led me down a rabbit hole reading about objectophilia where people fall in love with inanimate objects. I'm now horrified to think maybe I stood and watched something far more private and intimate than even I realised. And quite frankly, I lied to them. It's an okay looking tree, but they could probably do better. (laughs) (laughs) I did not... I expect that email to end them uh, with them being in a throuple with a tree. No, nor did I. That was fantastic. It took me a real twist and turn, so I enjoyed that very much. really did. That was great. Uh, Louise, Tim, thank you both for those. Uh, Please send us your stories. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. Is it time? It's time. Time for another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Big news. I went out out on a Saturday night and it wasn't to Sainsbury's. I know this because uh, I asked you mm. what you've been up to. Yeah. I said, oh, you went out, didn't you? And then yeah. you refused to tell me anything about it. This yeah. was while we were watching. There was a bit of a lull in whatever was happening on the Brit Awards. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we were waiting for... Um, Maybe like John Prescott to get his revenge on that <laughs> member of Chumbawamba. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Biding his time. Yeah. I didn't spot either of them actually in the crowd. Really weird. But um uh, and you refused to tell me mm-hmm. because you said I'm saving it for the podcast. Yep. So here it is. Mm. I did the big three restaurant, bar, and wait for it, club. Who am I? Oh my god. Hung over still. Oh my god. <laughs> Although when I say club, don't imagine me at fabric. I'm so unlikely to be somewhere like that. I had to Google the words London clubs to find out the name of one. For me to be able to imagine you at fabric, I would need to Google image what fabric looks like. (laughs) There you go, yeah. So it wasn't like that. It was a small room with people dancing above a vintage clothes shop. This sounds incredibly (laughs) hip. And don't ask me what kind of music it was, as I'd be forced to use the word groovy and appear <laughs> 3,000 years old, because that's the best I can do to describe it. It's groovy. It's groovy music. Was there nothing you knew? Yeah, maybe some groovy stuff, like 70s groovy. I don't know. Anyway, a few things. So there was nothing ironic about this club? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think you're of an age where you should only really be in ironic places. <laughs> Just people getting their funk on, you know. <laughs> Anyway, a few things arose. Was it Pang? I beg your pardon. (laughs) No. Came across that word recently, but I didn't actually look at what it means. I I hope I haven't just been offensive. Oh, right. I noticed that a couple of people said, used the word battered on the Brits. So maybe I should have said uh, that I got battered. I don't know. Oh, Annabelle, that's terrible. No, no, like, no, drink. Anyway. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, no. Uh, Pang means um, very appealing, attractive, or impressive. Okay, okay. Now we know. So there's a few things at Rose that I need to ask you about. Mm. It's basically a quandary corner, but just for me, as I'm very out of practice with going out. (laughs) Why should it ask me? Because first of all, rest the restaurant. Okay, yeah. And you're good at this. Yeah. So I made a reservation at the restaurant we went to, because I'm not one of these carefree, turn up and cute types. The worst. But making a reservation does give me a dilemma. When you go in and they ask you your name, do you give first name, surname or both? 
Because I feel like if I'm just saying my first name, I'm putting myself in the same league as Cher, Madonna or Rylan. And if I do surname, I feel like I'm an old boys public school. <laughs> and if I do first name and surname, it's so formal. I feel like I'm acting like I'm a high flying CEO. <laughs> which, which is it? Um, so I, I, actually, I just realised what I do. It's it. It sounds a bit like I go for the James Bond approach, but it's far more diffident than that. Right. Uh, I go, oh, hi, um, I have a table booked for Happer Seven in the name of Jeff. It's uh, it's Jeff Lloyd. Okay. You see? Yeah. So you're not going Jeff Lloyd. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You do a sort of clarifying. Yes. It. Okay. Yes. I will try that next time. Thank yeah. you. Next thing. How many times can waiting staff come to take your order before you've looked at the menu and don't know what you want, before you either just have to pick on oh, the spot or God. leave? Because if I'm with someone I haven't seen for a while, I find it very hard to say, for example, okay, just stop telling me about your divorce for two seconds so we can choose our food. Like, I find that so awkward. Right. So, here's, here's, let me just think about how this goes. Because it really varies from place to place. Mm -hmm. Okay. In terms of how much they pester you and how much they want to turn the table. Okay, 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 okay. So, they come over... Mm. Um, and they usually say, can I get you started with a couple of drinks? Mm -hmm. And you can do that, yeah? No, I often want to look at the menu for that. For the drinks? Yeah, yeah. Don't just know what you want to drink? No. I, I feel that you were the problem. Not if, <laughs> if either you, I think you should, you either know what you want to drink mm. or you'll say, oh, I can, I can uh, give you a decision on that. Hang on a second. There uh, we go. Okay, yeah, I can probably do it quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I think that, that has to happen when they come over the first time. Okay, fine. Good. Okay. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Then they come back with the drinks and then say, so have you made your mind up on food yet? You say, I'm so sorry, we've not even looked yet. If you could just give us a while longer. Yeah. They come back and they say, you're ready to go on food. Mm-hmm. And you, at that point, yeah. either have to say, I'm so sorry, we have not seen each other in um, a while. We're catching up. Um, if it's all right with you, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a nod when we're ready. Okay. Or you say, I'm so sorry to keep you waiting. Um, give us three minutes. I promise it won't take any more than that. Yeah. And, um, and we'll give you a decision. Those okay. are your two routes. Okay. But you can only, you can only um, turn them away twice, you're saying. There can't be a third time. Yeah. So yep. the second time can be a don't call us, we'll call you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, uh, yeah, I think three times is an embarrassment. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Right. Yeah. After the restaurant, we need you to get a bus. Are we still supposed to stick our arms out to stop the bus? Because I don't think I ever feel more awkward than when I stick my arm mm. out. I feel so commanding, like I'm Caesar. Yes. And I don't fully commit to it. I do almost like a sort of slight upward spasm. But if you don't need to raise your arm, what do you do if a bus is coming that you don't want because it's the wrong one? How do you signal that you don't want to stop if there's, don't want it to stop if there's no one else around? Are we still lifting the arms up for the bus? I just don't know the answer to that. I, I have had it where I've been talking and I thought the bus would stop and it's just driven past. Oh. So I think you do, but I think a discreet little apologetic semi-wave. Discreet, yeah. apologetic semi, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. makes sense to me. The bar next. Yes. What are your thoughts on this? There's a table reserved, mm -hmm. let's say 8.30pm for Monica. Yeah. It's 20 past eight, but there's no sign on them yet. Is it okay to sit there for a bit for like 10 minutes? No. You, you steer clear. Yeah. Mm. It, it's like this oasis of calm just waiting for the arrival of Monica. Yeah. 
Well, we did sit there for a bit. Well, and then uh, they did arrive, yeah. and we made a great show of apologising, and so did they. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for asking us to leave, cre- unnecessarily created a, an uncomfortable situation. Yeah, okay, I never do. I blame that, again. that on whatever company you were keeping. Okay, fine. I, I, I don't think. You I don't might. think you were the cheerleader of that particular. You know what? Looking back, you were right. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah know exactly you're right. What was going on? There. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> now I've never been to this bar before. Yeah, didn't know where the toilet was, but my friend went first to the toilet, and I'd yeah. seen her go to the back and up some stairs. So when mm. I felt the need, that's where I went. Mm. But there's nothing up the stairs apart from the men's. Mm. So I'm thinking either my friend went to the men's, or just didn't go, or I'm lost. So I just assume I'm lost as the first two options she surely would have mentioned. So I have to go back into the bar looking like the world's greatest amateur, mm. completely humiliated. Even though, why should I know where the toilets mm. are? Turns out there was another door, but it didn't have a sign on it. Cruel. Oh, that's awful. 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 Sorry. Yeah. There's not really much advice you can give there, really, is it? No. I mean, that that feeling of looking like a, a rubu's just rocked up from the countryside. <laughs> that's what it's like. <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible. It, like I might as well just be pressing that open doors button on the tube. Like, yeah, I look so amateur. Yeah. Like it's humiliating. Yeah. But I do, but oh. I do enjoy. I enjoy the break from a conversation that an extended uh, trip to the toilet can give me, even if it involves getting lost. <laughs> So. <laughs> okay, after that, yeah. we're, we're at the club. Yeah. And I don't have yeah, any yeah, more. I think you, you were in that club. In, in the club. Uh, and I don't have any more quandaries because I was drunk. But one small thing happened. I met someone new, hmm. a friend of my friend. And she just had a baby like hmm. 12 weeks ago or something. So I said what I always now say to newish parents, which hmm. is this. How's it going? Did you think in the early days this was the biggest mistake of my life? Because everybody I've ever said that to has looked at me in relief and said, Oh, God, yes. And it's this bonding moment. Mm. Like those first two weeks, everybody thinks it. It's totally normal, but not everybody admits it. But this woman just says, well, no, actually, it's because we try for ages to have a baby. And then he was born with some health problems. So we just feel really grateful all the time. And, oh, God, honestly, I'm just going to stick with Sainsbury's now. (laughs) (laughs) It's over. The big three, it's over. (laughs) Oh, you know that is on her. She was just being honest. No, don't be honest. Why should she like do faux bonding with me? Because that's no. Here's what people need to understand: <laughs> don't say what you think. Right. Say what you think the other person wants to hear. Which is, oh yeah, I did feel yeah. that way. Yeah. Jesus yeah. People. Okay, I feel a bit better now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss okay i've got a couple of things for you number one mm-hmm. our chemist since the pandemic has introduced a rule where only two people can be in the chemist at any time. Okay. So I'm often waiting outside there. Mm-hmm. Slightly annoying because it's an automatic door, and if you wait too close to it, 
it starts opening and closing. Oh, I hate being And that then person. I worry about the draft Mm-mm. getting in. But then if I don't stand close enough to it, I'm worried that somebody will queue jump ahead of me oh, and then I'd have to confront them. That's terribly hard. So that is hard. Mm. But here's, here's my big problem with it. The, the browsers and the loiterers. Oh, in the, in the chemist? Yes. So knowing that other people are waiting outside, uh, yeah. if I go in that chemist, it's like I'm on a stealth mission. <laughs> in and out. It is. It's yeah. like I'm the SAS. I'm going in quick hit, out. And I can't believe that people are just taking the time, looking at some stuff, having a chat with the people who work there. That's the big difference. They just don't care. What is wrong it's with them? It's extraordinary to me. They don't care. And do you want to know who the worst of the worst are? Who? The people who pay and then once they've paid instead of heading straight for the door like i do head down get out get out get out Mm. do a bit more mooching no it's like they're rubbing it in your face yes wow it's very strange so uh so so, yeah that happened to me while i was getting my antibiotics got some real rhino strength or antibiotics in the end the first ones didn't do the trick and then anyway um and then on my way back from the chemist, I was walking down the street and I see approaching me our cleaner, Karina. Oh, yeah. And I think the last time she was mentioned on the podcast was when Sarah had a very uncomfortable interaction with her where Sarah had gone to reach for a bread knife and lifted it in such a way that oh. made it look like a stab and she'd done the psycho <laughs> strings and Karina had never seen psycho oh, right. and English isn't the first language and Sarah was trying to explain it and I was just so relieved <laughs> relieved that this was happening to her and not me. Yeah, yeah. So that's a bit of background. Mm-hmm. So I see her coming towards me. She's, I don't know, 20, 30 metres away at first when I first notice her. But she's approaching at speed because she is on one of those motorised scooters. Oh, okay. That people ride. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean a moped. No, 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 no. I y- mean young person scooter. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that motorised. Yeah. yeah. She's on the pavement, which that's allowed, isn't it? I don't know what the etiquette is. Oh, I thought. What it do was, you think? I've never seen one on the road, so I guess it is allowed. Mm, I'm not sure that it should be. Anyway, <laughs> but I see her coming towards me, so I decide to let give a big smile. Mm. Um, and also a wave, an enthusiastic wave. Then something terrible happens. She slows down. Yeah. I can see her braking. Yeah. And she gets off the scooter. What, to chat to you? Yes. That's not what you wanted. No. It's the opposite of what you wanted. Yeah. I wanted her to scoot past. Yes. I give her a wave like, oh, there she goes. Oh. Almost like I'm saluting her. You should have waited until she'd just gone past when it's too late yeah. to stop. So, so she stops the thing. Yeah. does whatever you need to do to turn those things off, Mm. climbs off it, and then I say, hi, Karina. She says, hi. I say, how are you? She says, I'm good. How are you? I say, I'm good. And then I've got nothing else to say. I just don't know where to take the conversation from there onwards. (laughs) So there's this pause of... Well, presumably it was no more than 10 seconds, but felt like a lifetime. Yeah. And then I say, good to see you. Oh, you closed it down. I didn't know what else to do. I just had no more small talk in me. <laughs> and then she had to get back onto her scooter oh, oh. and off she went. She's got off just for that. Yes. For, hi, how are you? Good to see you. Yeah. 
She was hoping for a bit more sparkling conversation than that, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I really misjudged it. I feel like what I did was the equivalent of in the past, and Sarah has, has been very angry at me doing this in the past, and, and um, she's, she's made me promise that I won't do it, acknowledging people when we see them out exercising. Oh, you're not supposed to do that. She says if someone's exercising, you've got to pretend like you haven't seen them <laughs> because nobody wants to talk while they're exercising. They're probably conscious uh, of how sweaty they are yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. They don't want the exercise interrupting yeah. and they're breathless. Yeah, yeah. So you just make like you haven't seen them. Mm, mm. Yeah, so and it, invariably, if it happens, they're forced into slowing down. You've got nothing to say to each other and, and they you know, are out of breath. And then they go off again mm-hmm. on their way. And it took me, I mean, I can't remember what year Sarah first said that to me. I would guess maybe like 2015. Oh, wow. A long time ago. So I was 42 years old before I realised you shouldn't speak to people while they're out exercising, <laughs> jogging. But I think she's right. I think she's absolutely right. And I think part of it was me as an assumption that if I, so I don't exercise, mm. but... <laughs> I just want any excuse to stop exercising. Yeah, you're assuming they actually yeah. want to stop. Yeah. So, so if right. if I saw anybody, I think, oh, thank God for that. I don't have to run anymore. I can just yeah. uh, stand still. But I think most people don't think like that. No, mm. and that's why they're exercising, and mm. you're not. Yeah. I did think what I should have said to Karina. What? Cold enough for you? Yeah, there you go. It just needs that one extra thing. It's always the classic yeah, line. Yeah. Cold enough for you or hot <laughs> enough for you. Don't need anything else. Don't need it. Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Sarah writes, not too many years ago, but before COVID, I went to a workshop that was being held at my children's primary school. I was sitting next to another mum that I knew from the school run. She was always very bubbly and friendly, not a bit like me. I do try to be friendly, but being a drifter do not always appear this way. Anyway, after the session, I thought this mum sitting next to me lent in for a hug. So I hugged her back, not realising that she was just leaning over me. I felt very awkward, but just laughed it off the next few times I saw her. <laughs> I'm sure she, sure she was glad you kept bringing it up. I must point out that I'm not a hugger. And if I could get away with it, would only hug my husband, kids, mum. <laughs> and even then only in private. <laughs> Weddings are a nightmare for me. How do you avoid this guilt of an unwanted hug ever occurring? Or has COVID fixed this for us? I think I, I'm a bigger fan of the hug than you are. Yeah, you don't mind the hug, do you? I'll tell you what I like about it. It's the least ambiguous. I think if we were all to decide post-COVID that we were never going to touch each other again, I'd be Mm. fine with that. Mm. But I'd rather a hug than a handshake where you've been judged on your character or um, cheek kisses. You know, we're we're well acquainted with the various problems with those, aren't we? I don't mind the hug so much itself. Mm. I don't mind that. I can do that. What I don't like is the uncertainty of whether we're hugging or not. Mm. And I tend to err on the side of let's not, I'm not going to be the one to go in for it. Mm. And then I do that. So I go to walk away. Then I see they are leaning in for it. And I just can't bear that. I can't bear that. The fact that it looks like I've shunned them. But this is why I think the hug is a good preemptive strike. By just going in for it. Then it's done with. You're not worrying about whether it's a handshake or a kiss or anything like that. It's just the hug and then it's done. Okay. You've closed it down. Mm -hmm. We're moved. We've moved on. And what level are we starting the hug in terms of how well you know someone? Like you wouldn't hug Karina, for example. No. Nope. You would hug me. Mm-hmm. Who? What? What's the line? 
you know what? I think you got a real kick out of um, not letting people hug you. During so, COVID? Yeah. I think you really enjoyed wielding a certain type of um, sort of hug refusal. I think you're wrong. I think it took away all my anxiety about whether we're going to hug or not. Because right. we weren't going to hug. Right. So I didn't have to worry about it. Right, right, Because I do right. worry about it. I'm thinking about it beforehand. I'm thinking about it when we're saying it. Like, it's on my mind. Are we, are we doing the hug? I don't know. What mm, it but mm, it took, it took mm, all of that away and mm, I was so much more relaxed because mm. I knew there wasn't going to be any physical contact. There wasn't going to be a kiss, a handshake yeah. or a hug. Yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew what was coming. I don't like not knowing what's coming. That's what I can't stand about it. I don't mind the physical contact. Yeah, I mean, I think not, not touching each other is better. <laughs> Yeah, if we could just rule it all out, I'd be. Yeah. I'd find life easier. I did find life easier, as it turned out. Yes. Hmm. See, anyway, th- where were we? Well, <laughs> how do you avoid the guilt? So this, so Sarah does not want to hug. She doesn't yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I really get that. I really get that. As I say, yeah, I, I, I feel that I'm using the hug to shut down the confusion around physical contact but I'd rather be happy so you're or not. suggesting that that she just she owns it like you and just goes in for it and then it takes away the uncertainty well no but but it is interesting this idea that maybe so at the moment if some whatever nervousness somebody has at this stage in the pandemic i am just like really respectful of it mm-hmm. so because everybody's reaction to it has been uh, so different and it it's often the reaction has been about their own underlying stuff and so on. So if what it's done is given society some kind of reset to understand that some people um, are just a bit more nervous about disease transmission, germs, whatever it is, than others, and a, a kind of hug refusal just becomes part of normal interaction, mm. then that's great, isn't it? And why are we like briefly holding each other (laughs) weird (laughs) but isn't you know everything's weird if you start um yeah but this is especially weird just suddenly pushing your body against someone's for a few seconds like why the hell are we doing that (laughs) but every why are we kissing each other yeah equally weird i mean yeah in any context shaking hands yeah it's all weird yeah we're dancing let's just no that's not weird let's Especially every, above a vintage clothes shop is. to groovy music. No, let's just end it all. So my my only problem is I feel like a certain type of person, mm. an, an aggressive, I'm going to come out and say it, terrible person, yeah. will will see that kind of um, nervousness yeah. and then really kind of um, force themselves a bit more oh. because they want to show you that then they don't believe in that nonsense. Oh, God. Oh, why has everything become a culture war? Exhausted. It's exhausting. We haven't even answered that, have we? We tried to. So no, no, no. no well, let's let's just stay on it a bit longer then. So the actual question is: How do you avoid the guilt of an unwanted hug ever occurring? Like she said, in her one of her examples is weddings. They're a nightmare for her. She so doesn't th- want to deal with this yeah. hugging at a wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She hates it. So I think I think you could. I think from now onwards, what I'm hoping is that you can. In the same way as if I say, I'm not having a drink, I got a bit messy on it, people just understand it. Mm. <laughs> Whereas if you say, I'm not drinking tonight, people go, go on, have one. Um, I think that maybe we're moving into an age where if somebody goes in for a hug and you mm. do like a polite flinch and, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just a little, uh, I'm a little nervy um, post-pandemic, then people will just leave you to it. You think it's embarrassing to have to say that, though, don't you? How, how much are you, be honest, how much are you judging someone who does that to you? 
I don't think I would. I genuinely okay. don't think I would. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, why would you? No, I don't judge people. I'd be like, oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But I thought that you might. No, I judge okay. a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> mm, okay. So you think that's okay to yeah. do? Yeah. And you don't, if someone does it to you, you don't feel shunned and embarrassed? No. You don't. That's amazing. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, and I'd, I'm always looking for reasons to feel shunned yeah. and slighted. Okay. All right. So. We're possibly hinting it that we just need to go. Oh, sorry. Not really Maybe you don't even need hugs. to do that. If you just, as, somebody, as soon as somebody comes towards you, do the thing. I remember once uh, years ago yeah, yeah. interviewing Billy Bragg when he had a cold. This was years ago. And he put the elbow out like yeah. doctors do or yeah. like people have done since the pandemic. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's great. He's showing, you know, showing the the connection. You need to take the lead yeah. in a way that you feel comfortable with. And yeah. That's a brilliant idea. Okay. And if you elbow somebody in the nose or the chin, yeah. Or the testes. Yeah. That's just collateral damage. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, well, I'm happy with that. Let's move on to Mark. Yeah. As a family, we went to a McDonald's on a retail park. We timed this just when every table was full and loitered aimlessly near people we thought would finish soon and hope for the best. Is there an acceptable tactic for such loitering which doesn't involve looking desperate or aggressive? Or do you just have to accept that it's a lottery or just take it back to your car? Mm. I've always wondered this. Like, how are you allowed to loiter waiting for a table? How close should you do it, and how long should you wait it out? This is an excellent question. Yeah, if you're standing hovering. close enough that they can smell you, that's too mm. close. I'm saying. Mm, yeah. Or even yeah. notice you. Yeah, maybe you're I think, too I close. I think that's right. I think you need to hover at a distance, but then you know you start worrying. What if somebody hovers at a slightly closer distance? Yeah, yeah, it's stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's here's what you do. Okay. I think. You loiter at the furthest possible distance, but you're like constantly scanning the horizon to see if anybody else is uh, yeah. is is doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And as, if you notice somebody is, then you have to move just one centimetre closer than that person is. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, yeah. all right. And if it gets into some kind of game of chicken where you do end up atop the people who are finishing up at the table. That's just how it goes. Yeah, I think think it's it's unlikely. (laughs) Okay, well, that one was a lot easier. Thank you. Okay. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening, as ever. If you have a quandary for Quandary Corner, you have a story for us, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Kim Rainey designed our artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos. And I just wanted to finish by saying, well, it is a really nice tree. Ah, podication time, and here she is, Tracy Risby, Mm. who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. Um, Hi, Chief Tracy. Hope you're both well. I would like to request a podication to my old, beloved friend, Carol. 
We have known each other for as long as I can remember. To give you some idea as to how long we've known each other, my happiest memory is of us sitting together, studying art at East Ham College, both sharing a Walkman with one earpiece each, listening to cassettes of Billy Joel. Oh, that's a that, lovely that really memory. does date it, doesn't yeah. it? Um, when we first got to meet up in person again after many years apart, it was if we'd only seen each other yesterday. That is true friendship. And we haven't stopped laughing since. That's so wonderful. Mm-mm. I've had it before now where I've met some, you know, gone some years without seeing someone and then met them. And either I can feel myself annoying them or on occasion their jokes are, are almost like f- frozen in time from when they were 15. Oh, right. It's like they've got dad jokes, but they're the same ones they were making when they were 15. Mm-mm. Carol is an amazing artist. I'm so proud of how she's picked up the brush again and has produced so many amazing works of art. Although we, uh, we've we had periods of not seeing each other, it is great how when we got back together again, we discovered how we have both grown a love of all things Beatles and the amazing city of Liverpool. Marvellous to hear, obviously. And um, thank you, Carol, for your friendship, says Trace. I look forward to that glorious day when we can walk together down Matthew Street, give the John Lennon statue a little pat on the cheek and have a large red in the grapes sitting under the lovely wallpaper. Oh, it's a great pub on uh, Matthew Street where the Beatles would often uh, hang out. I think there's a table. In fact, there's a photo of them in there and then... uh, um, they've got it printed above the table where they were sitting with this photo was taken here. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, I'd love to do, it's been ages since I've been to Liverpool. I used to go for my American show with some regularity, but I've not been out for ages and long overdue a visit. Um, Please elaborate on any Beatles related stuff above. Well, Well, I think that John, yeah, I did. He didn't need to be asked. I don't know why he thought he did. (laughs) It's a very good time to be a Beatles fan at the moment. Even now I'm getting people contacting me and saying, uh, friends who have not spoken to for a while, saying, oh, okay. oh, I want to talk about Get Back. Oh, Going out for lunch with a friend in a couple of weeks just to talk about oh, it. Oh, you're in heaven. It's really wonderful. I did a lot of watching of it while I was con- re-watching of it while I was convalescing. Oh, yeah. um, so we go. Uh, Trace and Carol. So pleased, not only that you found each other in East Ham, mm. but here you are all these years later, uh, joined... By um, by love of Liverpool and the Beatles, that's a wonderful thing. So there we go. Uh, that's the latest edition of the podcast, podcasted from High Chief Trace to Carol. And if you'd like a podcast, email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.